Thank you for taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. Morning. Psalm 62 verse 8 tells us to trust in the Lord at all times, to pour out our heart to Him. So we're going to do that as we pray. Lord, we pour our heart out to you. God is the one who knows us, who hears us, who cares about us. Lord, I know there are people in our church who are anxious. They're hurting. They're struggling this week. Help them, I pray, and help us all to pour our hearts out to you. I pray, God, that we would pray knowing, Lord, that as we pray, it's an act of dependence and it's an expression of trust. It's an act of humility. And so, God, I pray that you would hear us and answer us. Would you answer us now and bless us as we open the word together? And, Lord, would we learn from you and would you give us a heart and a spirit that wants to walk in obedience? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are looking at Galatians 6, verses 1 to 2. And the title of the message today is called Help One Another. We are to help one another. And one of the reasons why we need to help one another is because of the realities of life. Listen to what Job 14 verse 1 says. It says, man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. So Job tells us that life is short and that life is hard. That life has trouble. And it's Short and filled with trouble because of sin. Sin has brought this reality into the world. Sin brought trouble into the world and sin has brought trouble into our lives. And so here's what I learned this week. Yes, sin has brought trouble into our life. Yes, sin has brought trouble into the world. But I learned this week that God does not want us to go through it alone. He does not want us to go through our troubles alone. See, God didn't save us and then put us on an island like castaway. He saved us and then he put us in a family. He put us in a local church community to help each other. Here's the main idea of our passage today. Here's the main idea of our message, what I want you to remember. God tells us to help each other with the burdens of life. He tells us, help one another. That is the command we're going to see from the text. Now, before I walk us through verses one and two, I want to say to the non-Christian, the church of Jesus Christ is not perfect. We know that. We are aware of that. Everyone who's a believer knows that really well. It's not a perfect place. But I believe for the non-Christian, this text is going to show you the value of Christian community, the, the value that we bring to one another, that we are to help one another with the struggles of life and that you will actually be truly helped in your life if you trust in Jesus Christ because he will bring you into this family of faith if we turn from our sin. Now look at verse one. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. 
Then he says, keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted. If you have an ESV, you should notice there's a, a footnote at the bottom that says this word here, brothers, is, could be translated brothers and sisters. We're supposed to help one another. We are to help each other by being a restoring community. That's, how, that's one of the ways we help one another, by being a restoring community. Christians still sin. That's just, that's just, that's a true reality. Conrad Mbiwe, he says, when we become Christians, we are cleansed by the blood of Christ and the almighty power of uh, his spirit. Our sinful nature is defeated. So sin, I said this in one of the messages in this series, sin has no power over us. Our sinful nature is defeated. But in Africa, we know all too well that even a defeated enemy can still conduct raids and spread havoc. And this is what happens in our lives. Our sinful nature is defeated, but it's not yet eradicated. It is still at work within us. So we, sin has been defeated, but because of the way our flesh has been trained in, in, in these habits, it's hard to break. And so we still struggle. That phrase, caught in, is talking about somebody who is overtaken by sin. Sin has grown, into their life, grown up in their life like a pimple. And I give you that ugly sort of picture because I want us to see how ugly sin truly is. And so it's talking about this, this thing that's grown into a person's life. And when this happens, God tells us what to do. Look again at verse 1. If anyone is caught in a transgression, so if, some, if sin has grown up in a person's life, it says, you who are spiritual should restore him. That phrase, you are spiritual, what it does is it, it, it reminds us of the context. So one of the, 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 the hard things about topical preaching is that you just kind of drop into a spot. But as a church, we know and believe that it's good to know the context of what we're talking about and where we are in the Bible in order to interpret it rightly. And so that phrase reminds us of the context. Look back at chapter 5, verse 16. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Look at verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Restoring someone is to be done by the person who is Spirit-filled, who is walking by the Spirit. The, 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 the text tells us that keeping in step with the Spirit means helping to restore someone who is in sin. That is what spirit-filled living is. That's part of it, speaking to another believer. Now, the Greek word here for restore is, I want to say this right, so I'm going to say it slow, katartizdo. Katartizdo. It means to put in order. It was a medical term used to, to, uh, to put a broken or sort of a dislocated bone back into place. And so it, it tells us some things about the restoration process. It tells us that when we're seeking to restore someone, that we're actually helping them to become healthy again. We're trying to help them become healthy. But it also tells us that the restoration process is painful. It's, it hurts. Now, I've shared multiple times in our church that I, I've had many strong women influence me in my life, and I want to introduce you to another one. Her name is Dr. Agnes Calise. She was my 
one of my professors in university. She taught my black African diaspora class. And I remember her saying one day uh, after class, Marv, I need to see you in my office. And so she gave me the time that I could come and sit down and talk with her. And I got into her office and she said, Marv, sit. And she said, you are failing my class. And the reason why you're failing my class is because you're lazy and you're not trying. And she said, this school let you come here because you can run fast and, 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 and play football. But I think you can do more than that. And, and she did not hold back in telling me that, I, and she was right. I was failing because I was completely lazy. And it was not easy to hear that from her. But her willingness to tell me the hard thing, her willingness to speak the truth in love helped me. It helped me get back on the right path. In a lot of ways, this lady helped me graduate. Loving each other means we have to be willing to say what is hard because the person needs to hear it. The restoration process hurts. And sometimes that's why we shy away from it. We know that I don't want to offend this person. I don't want to hurt them by what I say. But even though it might hurt, even though it's hard, we have to embrace it if we truly want to help each other. Remember, God tells us to help each other with the burdens of life. Thabiti Anabwili, he says, we are our brother's keepers. The Bible calls to uh, restore, the Bible's call to restore falls equally on all who are Christians. So we start with accepting responsibility for each other. See that? We have, to, we have to say, I'm responsible for you. You're part of this local church. I relate to you in this way. I'm responsible for you. There's no such thing as a believer who looks out for number one. That mentality is anti-Christian. If we see someone caught in a fault, we are to spring into action. We are to get active. Correcting, restoring, and encouraging one another is a family activity to help one another walk uprightly. We are to spring into action. And the text says in verse 1 that it's to be done in a spirit of gentleness. A spirit of gentleness. This is another way of saying we speak the truth in Love. We speak, but we do it in a loving way. And here's a list that will help us to do this. We speak with gentleness when we take the log out of our own eye first. So if I'm going to speak into someone's life, I need to take a moment and actually assess my own life. Is there anything that I need to deal with? Is there a log that needs to be taken out of my eye? We speak with gentleness when we don't accuse, when we ask questions. So we don't roll up on the person and we're just like, you're this way and you're doing this. We ask questions and dialogue with them when our heart is to see the person thriving. Sometimes we speak into a person's life, but it's only because we want to hurt them. But our heart should be, I want to see you in the best place possible. That is why I am speaking. And when we're ready to welcome the person back as soon as they repent. So I'm speaking, but as soon as you repent, I'm welcoming you back into the family. And when we approach with firmness and humility, when we approach with firmness and humility, you're like, where do you get that from? It's in the text. It says, keep watch on yourself yourself lest you too be tempted. 
There's a temptation that we all face when we seek to restore a person. And the temptation is to believe the lie that we will never sin like that person. That's the temptation. To become prideful. See, in the restoration process, what we need to be aware of is the person I'm restoring right now might need to turn around and restore me tomorrow. And so that keeps me humble. It keeps me in a place of never going into self-righteousness, but understanding that we all sin. We, we, saw, we heard that at the beginning. Christians still sin. And so we go towards our brothers and sisters with humility, saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing these things in your life. Do you notice that? Do you see that? And I'm aware that I could do that just like you are. So we need to restore each other gently. And here's how we are to respond when we're the ones being restored. Here comes another list. So we are to restore gently, but here's how I'm supposed to respond if I'm on the receiving end of this. We first thank God that someone loved us enough to speak up. We're just thanking God. I, I've shared this before. Earlier when our, our church was first planted, somebody took me aside and just spoke the truth in love into my life. And what they said, I needed to hear. And it took me a while uh, to get to this place where I was just like, I needed to, and it was actually Pastor Ted who said to me, Marv, you should thank God that those people were willing to say that. We need to thank God that somebody's willing to speak up. And then also we need to be humble, listen, and thank the person for sharing. Again, when somebody speaks into your life, the temptation is to become defensive. To say, oh, that's not true. Oh, you're not seeing it this way. Oh, what about this? Oh, to defend ourselves. Just be humble, listen, and thank them. And then do this, examine your life and pray that the correction would lead to true change. So we examine and we cast it. God, show me, is this true? And if, if you see it, then ask for that person who spoke into your life to help you make the change and ask God to give you the power to walk in uh, the change that needs to happen. And so we respond, we speak gently and we receive correction well. That's what God wants for us. Look at verse two. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We help each other by being a burden-bearing community. So we are to be a restoring community, but we're also to be a burden-bearing community. The Greek word for burden is boros. It means weighty. It means a heavy load. Christians help each other carry the things that are too heavy for us. That's what we do. We help one another in this way. And that word burden speaks of all the troubles we face in life. It's not just talking about the burden of sin and that struggle. It's all the other struggles that come into our life. Illness, grief, fatigue, anxiety, depression, all the, all the struggles that we face the, because we live in a world that is broken by sin. God tells us to bear each other's burdens. But here's the thing. This is, a, this is a clarification that is very important. We are to bear each other's burdens, but we need to know the difference between a burden and what's somebody's responsibility. So you want to bear burdens. You want to be that way as a Christian and in your local church body. But you need to make sure you're discerning enough to say that is not actually a burden. Here's, a, here's an example. And this example comes 
from the, the book Exalting Jesus in Galatians. It says, here's, here's, here's a picture. A person constantly stays up late and can't get up on time for work, and they ask you to wake them up every morning so they don't lose their job. That is their responsibility. An older, faithful member of the church gets sick and is having a hard time. They need help with meals, transportation, and living expenses. That is a burden. We jump in and we help there. A person regularly overspends on fashion and entertainment, and they refuse to look for a job, and they ask you for money. Their responsibility. A person in the church has to have an unexpected surgery and requires help and support for five months after the operation is completed. That is a burden. And we help. So we need to be discerning in this. Burden, responsibility. And we want to be discerning so we can make sure that we're actually helping with a legitimate need. God tells us to help each other with the burdens of life. But we need to be discerning in that. And when we realize this is a burden, here's two things that we, two things that we have to do. Two things that we have to do if we're going to help each other bear burdens. First, we have to share our burdens. So we need to share our burdens. We're all going through things. We, we, we know that where every one of us right now is, is dealing with something, but we cannot keep it to ourselves. When we do that, we are doing this. That is a baby trying to lift over 500 pounds. That, that's just not possible. It's not realistic. So I know sharing burdens is not easy, but we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and embrace vulnerability in order to get the help that we need. We embrace vulnerability and not trying to do it on our own. So we share our burdens to get the help that we need. We have to do that. And then when somebody shares, we actually have to help them. When a person says, here's what's going on in my life, we actually have to turn around and help them. Here's what we can do. We can pray right away. And not just a, hey, I'm going to pray for you. You know, whether it's through text or if you're seeing them face to face, uh, at, in that moment, stop right there and pray for the person. Lift them up to God. Again, prayer is an act of love. And so we pray for that person right there. And then what we need to do is discern, can I actually help them with this burden? And if you realize that I can't help them, then find someone who can. We need to be discerning enough. Not every burden that's shared with us will be able to help with. Sometimes it's like, hey, I can't really help you there in that, but I know someone who can, and so let's go talk to that person. But we actually need to help. And it says when we do this in verse 2 that we're fulfilling the law of Christ. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ was the command from Jesus to love one another that we are to love each other the way he has loved us. See, we bear each other's burdens because Jesus has bared our burdens. Our love flows from his love. He bared our burden of sin and guilt. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. He gave his life on the cross so that you and I can have life. And he says now in this new life, Use it to help one another. Bear each other's 
burdens. Again, this text, it gives us another reminder that we've been talking about multiple times in this series, that we cannot love each other unless we remember how much we have been loved. So fulfill the law of Christ. We, we love each other because Jesus has loved us and given himself for us. This text, what it does is actually gives us gospel motivation, gospel motivation for bearing each other's burdens. It's the love of Jesus that gives us the power to love our way into deeper community. See, the gospel, the gospel, what it does is it transforms us from being selfish, from being self-centered to being others-centered. It tells us, the gospel, that life is not just about us. It's not just about me. It's about the people who are in my family, who are in my local community. God tells us to help each other with the burdens of life, but it's the gospel that gives me the power to be able to do that. He brought us into a community. Remember, God didn't save us and put us on an island, not cast away, talking to a volleyball by yourself. We are brought into a local community, a family where we help one another. I hope my prayer as we end this sermon series is that you would see that this is the heart of God for us, that this is the way we relate to one another. We help each other through the trials and burdens of life. Let me pray for us. Father, God, we thank you for your word. I pray that it would have been a clear word, a compelling word, that helps us to relate well to one another. God, we thank you for this whole series that we've been able to walk through these messages on how to relate and love one another. I pray that it would lead to a deeper love for each other in our church, that our community would only get stronger through it. And so we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, help us to walk in obedience. This week we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before we sign off. I was going to say go, but I guess we are going. Here's a couple things uh, for applying the word this week. We want to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So here's the first thing you can do. Pray and speak. Pray and speak. Ask God to give you the courage to speak into the life of another believer who needs to hear a word. And ask God to help you to courageously share with humility and gentleness. Remember that, humility and gentleness. I could sin just like this person that I'm speaking to. I need to be gentle because tomorrow they might need to turn around and restore me. And then also be humble and receive. Be prepared that God might stir someone to speak into your life this week. And then again, humbly receive, examine and pray about what the person has shared with you. And then lastly, be vulnerable and share. So share with a trusted believer the, tr the troubles that you're currently facing and then humbly receive any offer uh, they give you for help. Uh, and if someone shares a burden with you, pray for them and ask God to make it clear how you can help them. So these are the ways that we can apply the word this week. We'll see you next week. Take care. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.